podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on? Uh, I'm waiting, uh, you know, ba- uh, I'm awaiting Baby Apocalypse 2016 here. But yeah. um, besides that, everything is going good. So so when when is your daughter coming? Uh, she is, uh, well, we thought, you know, Monday, and then we thought last Friday, and then we thought three Mondays ago. <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's been it's been some there have been some false starts here and there, but uh, she Melissa is due. My wife is due on the fifth, so okay. that's Sunday. So you know it could happen anytime, including during this recording. So you know, watch out, man, folks. man. Well, my my niece's birthday is the fourth, so maybe it'll happen on the fourth. Yeah, hey, that'd be that'd be cute. It could. It, <laughs> It definitely could. It would be cute. Uh, <laughs> be really cute. But but really, let's talk about what's important and talk about the fat little birds that you watch play hockey every night. The fat. Oh, but no, I, I no, I only watch them once a month, according to one yeah. one human being on Twitter. Yeah, thirty days out of the year, you know, it's that's that's not too bad. It's okay. But uh, no, so I, you know, it's it's look, my living room last night was was a zoo, <laughs> and it was and the and but there were no children falling into my living room. It was oh 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 man yeah was that was that Woo. too soon yeah we you should have waited a couple weeks okay so yeah sorry uh, <laughs> no seriously no, it was, gorilla Twitter will come after you gorilla Twitter will be after me here pretty soon uh, but yeah watching watching the penguins has been awesome uh, as you all know I am a, a Pittsburgh Homer slash born and raised there slash love all things Pittsburgh sports so it's been. It's been fun, man. They're up 2-0 in the series. Got number fire has them an 82% chance to win the series. Nice. It's uh it's an exciting time. And I I, I, I tweet so like let me let me just throw this out there just so that you guys you guys know this. But I watch hockey all year long. I just tweet about hockey whenever the playoffs are happening because that's the only time that other people care about hockey. Right. In a long season like like the NHL or Major League Baseball or the NBA. No one cares until the postseason. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things where like, yeah, I, I watch I watch the Penguins. I mean, I so like when when I when I lived in Pittsburgh, it was a lot more accessible. I do have I, I do have I, I can stream it and watch it and I do. But I'm just saying that like the like you're around it all the time when you're in Pittsburgh and now I'm in Charlotte, so I'm not all around it all the time. But I watch it I watch it all year long. It's just that I tweet about it. When the playoffs are happening, because no one's going to interact with me in the middle of December when I'm talking about Sidney Crosby, whereas now eight people will interact with me whenever I tweet about Sidney Crosby. Yeah, right. You're you're when you're tilting by yourself on like Christmas Eve watching the Penguins. When right. Literally, that game probably doesn't matter at all. Like you know, when you talk right. about the course of the season. <laughs> so. Right, right. No one, no one cares. I, I will say though, I am so pumped. On April 7th, 2016, I sent a tweet out, and it was the hottest take. Look, you know my Twitter account. You know I don't send hot no, takes. No, you don't. And I I don't know what inspired it, but I sent a tweet out that said, the Pens are going to win the Cup. Man. And, that was, and, and that was it. That was the only – April 7th. At the time, they were like fourth or fifth in the 
in the East. I mean, they were they were only just. I mean, actually, they were probably second or third at the time. But they they were they were just rise. They they were rising. They were rising. I mean, Denny, this team was tenth in the East at, on January first, and now they're in the Cup Finals with an eighty two percent chance to win. And I'm super amped, and I love it. Yeah. And all the haters, you're gonna hate, but we're gonna win. <laughs> I love that you've gone into like unapologetic Homer mode. Yeah, right. Well, then I, I, I feel like I can do that with hockey sure. because I don't I don't cover hockey. Yeah, right? yeah. Like the only the only I, like I wrote an article today on Number Fire that was hockey, but it was more so just like a way to like update people as to what happened in the game last night and give them odds. It wasn't like, hey, I'm really analyzing hockey right now. Right. So like 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 with like uh, the way I see it is if if I'm like this if I'm some obnoxious Steeler fan with football, which I think that I do a pretty good job of being tame when it comes to like my homerism for football because I have to be. Like you, you have to. Sure. Be. I'll I'll come on here and say random things about the Steelers just because this is our outlet to to do that. Mm-hmm. Although you have your Twitter account, <laughs> I do I. I, I yeah, that's true. I saw someone. By the way, I saw someone before we started recording that you retweeted that said like delete your thoughts or something yes. like. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me. I want I want that to be the new delete your account to you. I want it to be delete your thoughts. That's so that's so rough. It's so it's so unbelievable. Um, I have to say that I'm proud of you for having not only a hot take, super hot take, but a Homer super hot take. I know, I know. It was like it was such a it was such an awful thing. Although I do have to to raise this this issue with that take is is if you're saying that on April seventh when they were the second with the second seed in the East and you said they're going to win the cup, I don't know if that's a hot take. Look, oh oh my, Denny, Denny. Denny, look, th- 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 this is this is what happened with the Penguins this year. They fired their coach in December, Mike Johnston, who's terrible. They bring on Mike Sullivan. The team changes their their way. They they become very fast rather than being slow. Oh, okay, and they go from from Jan- basically from the new year on. They just become a better team. And Sidney Crosby was a th- Sidney Crosby wasn't even an All Star this year. What? Yeah. It was that bad in Pittsburgh. That's why this is so crazy is because that like people were like Rob Rossi, who writes, who's, he's a Pittsburgh beat writer. He wrote about how the Penguins were going to miss the playoffs this year, like back in December. Wow. And now they're two games away from winning the Stanley cup. So while yes, they were the hottest, they, they had become the hottest team in hockey mm-hmm. at that point in time. Yes. At the same time, they're doing this with a rookie goalie who just turned 22. Jeez. 22 what were you doing at 22 i wasn't even i I wasn't even like thinking coherently at 22 i was uh, well that's that seems concerning to me i was mostly just playing madden but (laughs) right sure sure and drinking lots of beer i'm sure no not not me no not until much later in life but but yeah no just sitting around and and playing (laughs) playing the dolphins uh with in madden right well matt murray is two games away from winning the stanley cup as a goalie and and he just turned 22 that's That's why all of this is just so that that's like part of the excitement with all of this. It's just so crazy. Like the guy who scored the overtime winner last night is a rookie. Like it's just all this stuff is just it's it's nuts. It's awesome. Well, look, Pittsburgh has gone has this horrible cold streak. The city, uh, <laughs> you know, look, it hasn't won a championship in eighteen months. So they're due. They're due. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, it's been it's been seven years. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Seven years for for a three sport mid sized city. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's tough. That's tough for for you. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 excited for it. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Um, tonight, 
or today or in this morning, <laughs> whenever, yeah. whenever you're listening to this podcast, you don't know when we're recording it. We're recording it at night. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, I feel like we we do this podcast every year now mm-hmm. because it's, it's in demand because it's because things change each year. Um, but we're going to talk MFL 10 best ball strategy. Uh, we get, we've, I've gotten a lot of questions. I'm sure you have too. uh, just about kind of our approach, how we're handling it, uh, and so on and so forth. And let's, I mean, I, I guess we'll just kind of dig in and talk about what we're doing in those drafts. So, you know, I think I play a higher volume than you do, I believe. Yes, um, you do. <laughs> but but at the same time, I mean, you have a general feel of like what's going on and, and, and so on. And um, there, there are a lot of ways to kind of exploit, um, you know, the 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 your overall with, with strategy. There are ways to exploit and then end up being profitable. Unfortunately, I I actually was not profitable last year playing MFL 10s because the running back position right. was so putrid. Right. But well, well that was in, injury related and everything. I, I I have to say though about MFL 10, I'm not a high volume guy, but it, the level of competition changes changes pretty dramatically right. yep. from March and April to July and August. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, with in and you know, you're only playing degenerates in in March and April and even May. Uh, where you know people, sh- very sharp people are in those leagues, and it's very hard to get over on anybody. And then suddenly in August you're drafting. I think you know we we DM each other sometimes, and we're like, oh my god, like this guy, I haven't gotten this guy past the seventh all year, and now I just got him in the tenth. You right. know, and, and so it does it does change. Just for anybody out there who's you know considering dipping their toes in the MFL ten pool. Well, that's that's the thing too. I mean, a lot of people have like used MFL ten ADP as like what real ADP is going to look like, and it, it, it's just not, no, no. Like, mm-hmm. like th- there's th- like not only like people have become sharper with these MFL tens. I mean, two years ago I was super profitable uh, doing them, and three years ago I started to, like when everyone, well, not everyone, but when they started to gain a little bit of traction, that's when I started. So this is my fourth year doing them. Um, and, and those first two years, I was pretty profitable, but that's mostly, I, I feel like looking back, it's probably mostly because like people didn't know exactly what they were doing and didn't like think it through as much as they oh, yeah, no. should have. And now there's a ton of content on it. Now there's a ton of people telling you essentially what you can do. It's the same thing that we see in, in any of these games, whether it's, you know, in, in DFS, mm-hmm. especially, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's content everywhere. Your edge then becomes strategy in a way, which is why we're talking about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the the dark days of MFL 10, there was no cottage industry around it. And just like the dark days of DFS, you know, there was, there was very little advice out there for when DFS first came up. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, the, and you among others have put a lot of thought into, you know, give you giving yourself the best chance. Um, Mm -hmm. especially if you're playing more than more than a few of these things. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't let that deter you either if you haven't played or, or you know, we're thinking about it and now you might not because the competition's fierce. I mean, if you think about it, you know, you, you need to get first out of 12. So it's a one out of 12. And and, and realistically, it, but but it pays out one out of 10 because you're getting $100 if you put in $10, right? So you need, if two people are horrible, then you have even odds to, to get paid out. And generally speaking, two people in every draft are pretty horrible. Oh, yeah. So, like, there, there's still that. What I mean more so is there's there's sharks out there. There are, I mean, it's there's 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 smart people drafting, mm-hmm. so it's become a little bit more difficult overall. Sure. 
Um, so let's just get to it, Denny. You know, I think the easiest place to start for us is quarterbacks and kind of the strategy and what we're looking for at the quarterback position. I'm assuming you're you're waiting. Yeah, I mean, I think you've you've pointed out um, either in conversation or, or or actual analysis that you put online that the quarterback position matters even less in this format than it does in a you know say a 12 team one quarterback league during the season. Um, you know, so if, if you get, uh, what three is three, the optimal number of quarterback Two, I usually get two. Okay. Two, but you know, I guess, I guess it depends on, on like how secure the, the person's starting job is. Cause there are a lot of guys like on the cusp of, yeah. I mean, if you end up like, if you get screwed, yeah. let's say, I mean, it, like if you didn't get your second quarterback until the 16th round or something, then you, you probably would need, uh, and, and just, I'm looking at, I'm a uh, Rotoviz keeps track of uh best ball ADP and, um, just to give you an idea of how different these drafts are uh, as far as ADP goes, I'm looking uh, – Cam Newton goes with, at the 44th pick of the draft right. on average. That is – that's nuts. I mean, in, in during the – you know, during August in redraft leagues, he's going to be going in the top 10 players off the board. Right. Uh, and then Rodgers at the 56th pick and Luck at 70 for some reason uh, and then on down the line. I was going to ask you though: Are there any quarterbacks in the top like five or six who you would take at their ADP, or are you waiting for no. any of them? It 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 just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. So like we we talk about opportunity costs all the time, and, and that being a big reason for the late round quarterback, where you know what you're foregoing is important whenever you're drafting. That's opportunity. That's essentially opportunity cost, and. The opportunity cost, you know, let's say you get Cam Newton in, in the fourth round in a regular draft, the opportunity cost is you're not getting a running back, a wide receiver, or even potentially a tight end. But it's even it's even uh, exaggerated. It's even bigger uh, with these MFL 10s because not only are you foregoing those positions and those players, but you're foregoing the idea that we don't have this perfect information yet as to who's starting and who's not. Mm-hmm. So... If you're if you're taking Cam in the fourth round, that means all of your wide receivers or all of your running backs are moving down around, right? Uh, and and that's a big deal because once you hit the sixth and the seventh round of these drafts, the, we have very imperfect information right now. So once you hit those rounds, it's, it it becomes very very difficult to find guys that are that have locked in roles. So whereas maybe when you do if you were to do that in your home league draft in August. You might feel a little bit more comfortable just because you're going to know more about those seventh and eighth round guys. But right now, it's just it's it's really not worth it. The opportunity cost is so high. The one thing I will say though is, uh, you know, you mentioned Cam's ADP is like the fourth round or so and fit into the fifth, and like he's the first quarterback off the board. That's the thing with these best ball leagues is that people are sharp and they understand that quarterbacks don't really matter. So. These quarterbacks, you know, I generally am looking at round 11 to 15, basically. And I'm getting a pair of quarterbacks like Matt Ryan and, I don't know, uh, Tony Romo. Those are two of the guys that I've been targeting a lot. Um, and those two will, will, will be fine I, from, from a, on a week-to-week standpoint. I mean, you look at the numbers even last year with quarterbacks. You had 33 quarterbacks with at least one top six performance, <laughs> um, with 17 of them having three or more. And, and Carson Palmer actually only had three top sixes last year, just so you're aware of like how that kind of compares uh, to, 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 you know, within the position. Um, 39 quarterbacks had at least one top 12 performance. So this is very consistent. That's actually fewer than what we've seen in years past, which is crazy. I mean, we've seen 44, I think, the year before that, and 41 the year before that. So 
you're getting these usable performances from these quarterbacks, and you know who these quarterbacks are, or that, that these quarterbacks are going to be starting, that they're going to be playing. So just because of that, you, you really don't need to be forcing the issue and, and taking guys – uh, ahead of their, you know, ahead of their ADP or in those single digit rounds. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine, you know, waiting even you said 11 to 15. I mean, uh, some, some drafts you can get, you know, you can get guys like, you know, Kirk Cousins, Romo, you, yeah. Andy Dalton. You can get those guys, you know, Four, 14th, even in the 15th round, yeah, pretty even later regularly. sometimes, depending on yeah. the, on the yeah. draft. I had to say though, out of the top five quarterbacks off the board, if, you know, if I was held at gunpoint and said you have to pick one of these, I would say, A, why are you holding me at gunpoint for MFL 10? You're right. That's way too, that's too, too dramatic. Too, too much. It's too intense. Uh, we're talking about 10 bucks. So just take the, you know, lo- take, lower the gun. You can, you can have, you can have his bias. Low, it's fine. Lower the gun. But I will answer the question. I'll go with Russell Wilson at uh, 70, pick 74. Uh, his ADP is 74. Yeah. So that's in the seventh round, right? I mean, that just, that seems super fair to me and you know there i think you know his top end potential is is the qb1 i think yeah every every season yeah russell wilson the guy who's better than andrew luck that we've been talking about on this he, podcast for three years now he is better i think yeah sorry sorry about that guys <laughs> just just over here patting pat myself on the back and i'm giving denny a high five through the computer. there we go there you go boom but yeah, I mean, with the quarterbacks, you know, I, I don't roster more than two unless I have a, I get screwed at the position, which doesn't really happen that often. Just just be aware when you know, like usually Alex Smith is the very last, uh, u- like usable two QB. Like if you're rostering two quarterbacks, he's the last usable guy. Um, so once he goes, then you probably are screwed, and you'll have to roster three. But uh, yeah, you you should be all right regardless. Yeah. Um, so another thing that's happening a lot this season is uh, wide receivers and, and their ADP yeah. um, being, I don't even want to say inflated. They're just going earlier. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, zero RB and what Sean Siegel has done with zero RB and marketing it and so on. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, actually, I think a lot of it has to do with with what happened last season mm-hmm. at the running back position. But it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. The, the The position is a lot thinner than I think what people have become accustomed to. Why do you think that is this year? I think I, I mean I think some of it is just there's I, it, the entire NFL. There's a changing of the guard. It feels like right, mm-hmm. like like there's this this generation that's kind of leaving and and a new one that's coming in, if you will, of like these good wide receivers that we had been so used to drafting early all every year that are now gone. Whether it's Calvin. Roddy White, Andre Johnson. There's just there's people that are are moving out, and now that brings ambiguity in, right? Yeah. And so I think because of that, um, I mean, you look at so right right now. Let, let's just let's just look at some of this uh, ADP data. Um, I I my my take is basically that you don't get elite wide receivers early this year because you're going zero RB. You get it because the position is scarcer than what I think we've seen over the last five or so years. You, you look at uh, the fifth round right now, fifth to sixth round, that's where essentially where wide receiver 30, wide receiver 31 is going. Wide receiver 30 and 31 right now, according to Rotoviz ADP data, uh, is John Brown and Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. I think that those two guys kind of are the last of a reliable tier. And, and by that, I just mean guys that, you know, even Emmanuel Sanders is risky. 
So uh, you could easily put him out of this conversation. So if you want to only include John Brown, that's fine. But at least Sanders has that, you know, has a couple seasons under his belt where you feel somewhat confident. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you get to guys like Devontae Parker, Kevin White, Corey Coleman, Alan Hearns, Michael Crabtree, Tyler Lockett, Deshaun Jackson, who I love in, in these best balls, mm-hmm. uh, Treadwell, you got Marvin Jones, you got uh, DGB. I mean, there's a lot of unproven names that are coming after that. that t- I mean, that, and that's in the fifth to sixth round. So if you don't get those running backs early, you're going to be stuck with these guys as your wide receiver two and wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then right after them, you're in Travis Benjamin territory. Oof. So, you know, it, it's it's really, you know, the, the thing, to, the thing to, to remember, yes, it's true that on a week-to-week basis within the position, um, elite top 12, if you look at elite top 12 performances in PPR leagues at wide receiver, at running back, uh, they're, they're, they look similar. So like Julio Jones last year, for instance, had the most top 12, so elite top-notch performances at nine last year. Devontae Freeman had 10. Mm. Uh, D'Angelo Williams and Mark Ingram both had eight, which is the same as Brandon Marshall and DeAndre Hopkins, which we're next to in that category. So yes, that, that's very true. But the difference is that the, the, the demand of wide receivers is higher right now, not only because people are drafting them earlier, but because you're essentially starting not three, but four of them in these MFL 10s, because you better believe that flex spot is going to be used, should be, or you should be thinking that it's going to be used uh, uh, with a wide receiver. So those who don't know, you start, you know, you draft this team. We should have probably explained this earlier. Yeah, probably. because We're just assuming everyone is a degenerate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You get a quarterback, you get two running backs, three wide receivers, a flex, a tight end, and a defense. And you draft 20 people and it optimizes your lineup for you uh, each week after, after you, you know, you don't have to, there's no roster management. And so the idea here is since wide receivers and PPR leagues score more than running backs do, which they do, I have some numbers on that too. I was tweeting about them earlier, actually then you, you need to assume that your wide receiver is going to be in that flex spot. So, for instance, you know, this is an arbitrary thing. I tweeted about this earlier. But 198 wide receivers had, had uh, 20 or more PPR points last season in a single game. So there's 198 wide receiver instances, while that number was 116 at running back. So it's a huge difference yeah. in 20-plus in, in point performances. And that matters a lot at, the flex, at, at, at flex because you actually are comparing running back points to wide receiver points. And then, um, yeah, so that's, that's basically right now. So now the well-adjusted people out there know what we're talking about. So yeah, yeah, that's my bad. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I I didn't think that anybody out there was doing anything but drafting MFL 10 teams all day. I mean, I figured, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's our world right now. Pretty much. But yeah, I mean, basically like wide receiver wise, just, I mean, once you get past that initial like reliable tier, which is in the fifth round essentially, and even the fifth round guys are not like you don't feel totally comfortable taking them there because they, in the past they were more like sixth or seventh rounders, right? Mm-hmm. Like like a John Brown, like an Emmanuel Sanders, like those guys feel more like a sixth round pick. And I know that's only a round, but it's still you know it's just it's it's a little bit different. But you know after those, I, I'm finding myself like in the sixth round now, like getting a lot of Marvin Jones and then the seventh, getting a lot of Deshaun Jackson, just because, you know, they're, they're fairly reliable. You know, D is going to have some big games. Um, but, but it, it's tough. So I think because of that, you kind of have to go a little bit more wide receiver heavy than you otherwise. Right. Would. And, and you know, speaking of, of Jackson and, and other players who, you know, pretty are pretty much uh, nightmares to, 
to have on your redraft team, on your seasonal team, because you really have to gauge whether this is a a blow up week or not, you know, uh, um, which is, you know, almost impossible sometimes. They're great for for this format because, you you know, you're not making any start and sit calls. You're just you're just drafting and, and you're and you're reaping the benefits from you know, that 25 point outburst, uh, uh, three times a year, four times a year, whatever it is. Uh, so a guy like that, I, you know, is, is like, you know, to me, when I see, uh, uh, like what we would consider a boom bust guy in the middle rounds, I, I, some, I can't pass up on them a lot of times because just because of the nature of of the format, that's something to get used to. Yeah. and, And, and to that point, I mean, Rich Rebar was tweeting about this earlier today. Um, because the way that Rich does tiers, and I, you know, I think a lot of people intuitively do it this way, uh, but you know, it's not necessarily like said. But the way that he does it is smart. It's that you know, you look at players that don't necessarily compare in terms of how many fantasy points they're projected for, but how they how they accumulate those points. Mm-hmm. So, like at the end of the year, you might see someone score. Let's just hypothetically, they, you know, you have two guys. One of them scores a hundred points, and the other one scores a hundred points. But the one guy scores eighty points in one week. Then obviously the you know you have to weigh the fact that he only scored twenty points in the rest of the season, whereas the other guy was spreading it even throughout. Let's say yeah. So so if you're going to get a spread it evenly throughout kind of guy like a Keenan Allen for instance, or like a, a Julian Edelman or a Golden Tate, those kind of wide receivers that are going to have like seven and a half yard a dots, um, you you have to. You have to weigh that and balance that with guys then who are going to give you those elite weeks, who are going to stretch the field and just be those boomer bust guys like a like a Djax, like a um, you know, I mean would be Martavis Bryant, like those those kind of of players to kind of counteract. I'm not I'm not one of those people that believe like I believe in the balance of those two because if you only get boomer bust guys, then there's the chance that none of them boom in a, in a given week. You need some sort of floor, sure, um, sure. which is why like a guy like Keenan Allen is still valuable because I mean he's still gonna have a ceiling too. But even like Golden Tate, he's still valuable depending on the context of your team. Right. And uh, for those of you who think a dot might be uh, JJ's robot dog, <laughs> it's actually uh, average dra- average depth of target, correct? Yeah, we're doing a really bad job at explaining things tonight. Uh, you know what? Our our audience is very savvy. I'm sure the vast. Well, it's also June. It's also June second, and we're talking fantasy football. If someone's listening, then they generally know what we're, well, what we're talking you're, about. You're you're right, uh, and we should just be talking hockey, in my opinion. I kind of agree. <laughs> Tbh. Uh, all right, so let's talk about tight ends, Denny. Yes. Um, it seems to me this season that. The, the position is pretty deep. Yes. That there that there are some guys late that we can target, that we can feel pretty comfortable about. It, it It's kind of that way. You know, every year there's the, that guy. The lot, two years ago was Travis Kelsey. The last year was Tyler Eifert. And we, you know, we feel good about that guy. But his ADP is never going to rise to the sixth or fifth round just because, you know, people, are, people aren't going to take tight ends that early because they're a onesie position. Right. But um, who who are some of the tight ends that you're kind of targeting? Yeah, so just one thing about the the, the top of the tight end uh, uh, chart there. Uh, Jordan Reed is going 28 picks after Rob Gronkowski uh, on average. So, you know, you're talking about a guy in Reed who scored more points per game than Gronk last year, I believe, and I had a ridiculous points per pass route, you know, even compared to Gronk, which is kind of amazing. It will regress, but if you are 
if you think that Reed's production is even close to repeatable this year, then he's you know he's going well after Gronk. I just thought that that was worth noting. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a dead zone, and correct me if 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 I'm wrong or if you disagree here, but I think there's a dead zone in the 65 to 80 range uh, where you know, Delaney Walker, Travis Kelsey, and Tyler Eifert are. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with Eifert's injury and being somewhat in question for the start of the season. I, I just, I usually just skip through that part of the draft as, as far as, as tight ends go. And I tend to target, uh, three guys so far. Um, Eric Ebron is going, um, at one fifteen, So, you know, fairly late in the draft. I mean, I think that that ADP will actually drop as, as more people get involved in these things. Um, yeah. but you know, Look, there's no Calvin in Detroit, and Ebron profiles as a really good, solid red zone target. Um, and I, lo- I actually looked uh, before the show. I looked at 2015 games in which Ebron saw at least five targets. I know it's an arbitrary cutoff, but I just wanted to say, like, I wanted to look at games where he was somewhat involved, you know, in in mm-hmm. the game plan. And in those games where he saw five targets, he averaged uh, 49 yards. Uh, 4.1 receptions and 0.4 touchdowns a game, which uh, roughly is is 11 and a half fantasy points per game. You know that's not out of this world, but I think for the ADP, I'm kind of into him uh, mm-hmm. there. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not against Ebron at all. I think there's there are. I I total first of all I totally agree with the dead zone uh, with with Eifert's injury now and not knowing what's going on there. Travis Kelsey doesn't. Travis Kelsey has been more of a floor play than than a ceiling play, so he's he's not as intriguing in best ball. Delaney Walker might be one of the most overvalued tight ends in these drafts. Right, uh, he's they're not only going to run more. There's he's going to lose market share with with all these weapons that they have. And, and volume was his best friend last year. He had 133 targets, Man. which which is crazy. Yeah. So so I I totally agree with you there. Ebron makes sense. I mean, there's not there's not a real uh, touchdown threat in that offense in terms of, of being a receiving threat, uh, which is part of the reason why I'm I'm kind of intrigued by Marvin Jones because he could end up seeing maybe 20 fewer targets across the season compared to Golden Tate, and he profiles. I mean, he's he's had touchdown success in the past. Right. Um. That that's really the reason that I'm more into that I'm into Jones's value over Golden Tate's. But that that also falls into Ebron as in. He has the upside to score touchdowns. Right, right, and then another guy, uh, and and I, I kind of can't believe that his ADP hasn't moved much over the past sixty days. But Dwayne Allen is still going in the eleventh mm-hmm. round, uh, and I have so much Dwayne Allen. He, I I just I see him in the eleventh, and I think, well, I I can't not do it. I mean, I have to I have to get him here, and uh, so yeah, I have I have Allen on every team so far, uh, which probably is is not great strategy to have 100% exposure. But um, I'm going for it with with him. Um, if you look at Andrew Luck's last full season, which is 2014, um, and I'm not saying he's good, but I will say this: the Colts <laughs> the Colts tight ends, so Fleener and Allen, uh, combine for a pretty jaw dropping 292 PPR points that year. Um, yeah. And they and they had 133 combined targets. Mm-hmm. I'm not look. I'm not saying project Allen for 130 133 targets. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But you know, when that offense is working, 
apparently the tight end is involved and apparently the Colts have some plan to incorporate Allen into the passing game, not just as a great run blocker, which he is. I love him there. Yeah, I do too. I, I would say I put him, I, I own so much of him. I own so much Antonio Gates. I, I own a ridiculous amount of Antonio Gates. I, I think he's in just the right spot. There's no Ladarius Green. There's no there, who's who's catching touchdowns in that offense. Don't they have another? Don't they have a white tight end who's a super athletic guy? Well, they just drafted. Yeah, but but it's his competition's a rookie, right? So so, yeah. I, but I'm still I'm still getting a little bit Ladarius. I'm I'm warming up to Ladarius a little bit more in, in Pittsburgh, um, just because of his touchdown. I mean, I knew his touchdown upside was there. I was just afraid of the volume, but I'm I'm warming up to that a little bit. But I, I, this is basically who I, I have a lot of Fleener from before, like his ADP spiked. Got a lot of Ladarius. Well, I'm starting to at least. Tons of Antonio Gates. Lots of Dwayne Allen. A good amount of, of Jason Witten just because he has such a great floor. Uh, and another guy. I also have a lot of Gary Barnage. Mm. Well, rest in peace, Gary Barnage. From- <laughs> I, I, I love, me, love me some Gary Barnage. And then the last guy that just seems to to be... Flying under the radar is Charles Clay. Yeah. yeah. Charles Clay, th- there's no one in that offense to, to catch passes. I know, but that offense hates to pass. I don't know. That but I think but he's going like the fifteenth round. Oh. So like so like you're you're looking at you're looking at a situation where like I, I like I like drafting I'm starting I'd say half of my drafts I've gotten unless I feel really good about the position, I've gotten three tight ends. Um and the reason for that is it's it's not because I'm relying on the tight end to be a flex by any means, but this is there, there's a reason that you can be a little bit more optimistic and a little bit uh, more aggressive with the tight end position in these best ball drafts compared to the other onesie positions, and it's because it, it can fill the flex spot. It, it it has more use than only tight end. The problem is that only 43 tight ends had 20 or more points last year, where again I said 198 wide receivers hit that mark. So. You're not looking at like insane upside at the tight end position, but at the same time, you, it, it, if you get three, you do have the upside of them potentially filling in a flex and being valuable there. But you're also bolstering your tight end spot in general. That a position that's in, inconsistent, as as we always talk about on the podcast. So, um, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm a fan of the three tight end strategy. My my roster is usually consists of two quarterbacks. This is just on average. I mean, I think that you have to kind of weigh. You know, if you go wide receiver heavy, you might need extra running backs or so on. Uh, but I have two quarterbacks, two running backs, or two running backs. That would be bad. That'd be a bad idea. That would no. Five five running backs, seven wide receivers, three tight ends, and then defenses. The last thing that I that I want to just talk about really quick. I get three defenses, and a lot of that has to do with there's a really good article, and there's there's lots of articles on Rotoviz about this stuff, but. Um, Rotoviz basically mathematically showed that three defenses is optimal. And I think I think logically it kind of makes sense because when you're drafting that late, so you're looking at the 17th to 20th rounds. And even, you know, if you want to take a defense in like the 15th or something, that's fine if, if you're getting like Denver or Houston or something like that. But the if you think about it, a lot of the guys that you're drafting in the 20th, 19th round, they're only going to give you one or two usable weeks. If any, they might not even make their teams. Right. You have no, you have no idea. Whereas with the defenses, you know that you're getting some use out. The of defense them. will make the team. Right. The defense. Um, yeah. The, the, as bad as it is, yeah. Cleveland will not 
drop their defense they, to free right. agency. They will they will make it onto their roster, yes. Yes. But that's that's really uh that that's that's kind of the the logic without the math, but there's some great math on Rotovis yeah. about it. Yeah. And then the last guy, I just I have to mention the goat. Oh, you got another tight end? Jared Cook. Guy guy I got to throw oh, him out there. Oh god. F- 15th round. Look at He's going I ha- I do have some I have a couple of cooks. 15th here. round and if he if he puts up six zeros this year, who cares? You're getting in the 15th round, he's going to have some nice weeks. I I I guarantee you unless he Guarantee you're guarantee oh, Wait, hang on. Hang on. What do you guarantee for Jared Cook this year? Oh no, I'm not I'm not going to guarantee anything like where he's Oh, come on. Where, where, wait a second. No, no. Cuz he's going to he's going to be a disaster in a redraft. <laughs> yeah, that's very okay. true. Okay. We're going but we're still going to have him as a streamer every week during the regular season. Well, he's going to be out there. I mean, you know, and and we'll, we'll hit on him once maybe. Uh look, he is he has caught passes from some of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. He now has perhaps the best quarterback in the NFL throwing him passes. So ever best quarterback ever. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time. I mean, I was gonna go there, but I didn't know that. No, he he is. He's that. the he is he is at me, guys. At me. He is he is the best. Wow. He he is the best quarterback of all time. No, I mean I I'm with you. I, I'm on this train. Yeah, it's it's factual. I mean. I, I, not just not just statistically or whatever. I, I actually I lo- I like watching him play more than any quarterback ever. I should I I agree. I I should say though. I should say I don't think he's at a Brady Manning level yet. But I'm saying like if if his career trajectory continues down this path, he is going to be the best quarterback of all time. And I think right now you could consider where he's at. He's he's better than Moore Payton and and Tom Moret. Oh yeah, that's sure. That's all I'm saying. Sure, that's all I'm saying. Uh, so anyway, yeah, you, Jared Cook going from you know Case Keenum to uh, to to Aaron Rodgers, it's significant. And Richard Rodgers on a per target basis was a debacle last year. So it's not like Jared Cook has to will have to fight for you know for targets. I don't believe unless Richard Rodgers has you know is not like an overweight dad anymore. I don't know. You know, yeah. You know that Aaron Rodgers' brother is on The Bachelorette. I see that with all the Bachelor talk on my timeline. I mean, what? Denny, it's a, you need to you need to watch The Bachelor. I mean, it's just another thing that it may, that I hate. What? What? Uh, Denny, I can't with The Bachelor. Denny, it's it's good television. Uh, what do you? What's there, there, good? Te- <laughs> it's it is it is masterful television. There's nothing better than seeing guys be idiotic for for some like. I've never seen anything like a show or any a reality show, anything. They they have conversations about having conversations. And it's it's magical. It's it's legitimately it's amazing. I, I, I have to say though, it is refreshing to see a show that once took itself very seriously embrace the campiness right like exactly yeah it ha- it totally has yeah so it it knows that it's a joke and that's great that's great you know they they're not trying to get over on the viewer and be like you know well we know you're making fun of us and and that and that has so it's 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 super ironic which is the only way that young people like anything is if it's super if it has 15 layers of irony so yeah right, you know, they, that, right. that's why it's become popular so kudos for them i still would never watch it but kudos to them you you should you should get on that we're gonna we're gonna hashtag get denny to watch the bachelorette Dear god all right, that's that's enough strategy talk. All right. Even though we were talking, we already started kind of 
transitioning to the stupid talk that we do every podcast. Um, all right, guys, we got we got questions. It's it's you know our questions during the off season are like just totally off the wall just because there's no football going on, but it's fun. So we're gonna go. Through Let's them. do it. Uh, this one is at Tom Decado. Is adding ingredients to burger meat before patties are formed amoral or not? Nah? Amoral? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. What is your take on this? Um, I, I mean, I add ingredients to burger patties before I grow. What, what do you? What do you do? Some Worcestershire sauce and some some garlic powder. Yeah, I don't even know how to say that word. I can never say it right. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Sure, sure, sure. I don't know. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's 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 correct enough. <laughs> right. And, oh, by the way, I mean, so, someone's ears just bled, but it's still. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, it, what is it? Is it from Boston or something? I don't know. It's probably. Um, my father-in-law bought us a grill, like a legit grill. And you said you said us, and I was thinking like me and you. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. No, no. But I mean, if you ever come over, you can try to use it. Whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing is, I have to learn how to grill, which I've never done that before. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I've never even, I've never even like been within ten feet of a grill. It's easy. And I mean, I figure you, you what you, you first get propane, and then you throw meat on the grill, right? Correct. You have to, you have to check it and flip the meat. Right. Okay. But it's not, it's not terribly. The, 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 the thing that I like, I tend to do most on the grill is kebabs where you just get mm. steak and you chop it up and then you can put mm-hmm. vegetables in between and stuff and so but it, it's pretty easy to grill them so you can you can do that to start off actually to start off you should probably just do hot dogs and hamburgers uh, you know what that's a good idea it actually it, it was really nice of my father-in-law because he actually uh, uh attached a small trash can to the side of the uh, of the grill so that i can throw the steak directly in there <laughs> when it, when I'm when I'm done, so so you're only gonna you're only gonna grill chicken. Uh, oh hell yes, I'm I'm getting I'm grill, <laughs> my my goal is to grill barbecue chicken. I actually told Melissa the other, the other day because she was like, "You're never gonna grill. I'm gonna have to learn how to grill. You're a disaster in the kitchen." And <laughs> you're, you're a disaster, my husband. And I said, and I said, no. You know what? Not only am I gonna grill, I'm going to become a master griller, a master oh. griller. And so she she actually. I thought she was going to have the baby in our living room because she was laughing so hard. I was like, and you were going to name the baby like like burger or something. Yeah, like BBQ chicken. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, BBQ chicken Carter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one at Zach underscore Dennis. Please give us your NBA takes, finals, draft, biggest dad runner on Cleveland or Golden State, etc. <laughs> Do you have any? I mean, so like, uh, like we cover basketball on Number Fire, and I edit basketball content and stuff. So like, I know I know a little bit about basketball, but I'm really bad with it still. Um, but my take is that Steph Curry, I look, I like Steph Curry because he went to college 15 minutes away from where I live right now. But they have become very cocky. They have. You're right. I don't like that. I, I for for the first time in my entire life I am rooting for Cleveland. Oh damn, really? Yeah, I want I want it to happen. You know, I think I f- I get the sense that people do want that to happen. I I, I saw I've seen a lot of uh, of narrative driven stuff about Steph Curry is you know this church going guy and he's very humble and uh, I saw this dude uh, a couple weeks ago shoot a three from five feet behind the three-point line. Before the ball was in the basket, he was staring at a defender. Yeah. 
Right, right. Who who had who was next to him, and then the ball went in, which is look, that's a goat move. Okay, I mean, God. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, like it's amazing. That's awesome. that it happens. But don't yeah. let's not call it humble. Let's call it what it is. He's an ass. Okay. Right. Like, he's 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 become he's become very fake humble. Yeah, but he's he he's he's an ass like any like any athlete who who wins and would rip your heart out and eat it in front of your family to win the game. Right. So right. let's just be honest about it. Yeah. I don't. I don't even disagree there. And then you got like Draymond Green, who's the worst, the absolute woke. Is he? He's like the Rodman type. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 the woke. I, I just want. I, I like. I, I I like LeBron. Um. So LeBron uh, strikes me, or the Cavs strike me as the the Buffalo Bills of the '90s, where uh, you know the Bills kind of you know they fell out of bed on Sundays. They sort of went through the motions to beat these horrible teams in the AFC every year. And then they got to the Super Bowl and they got their asses handed to them, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's essentially what's going on. It doesn't it doesn't help that they're playing like against the greatest team, arguably of all time. Right. So, but it but it just seems like this is the, like the LeBron thing. Like, you know, they just kind of go through the season and win a lot of games. They get into the playoffs. They beat a bunch of garbage teams, and then they, um, I mean, they play what the Raptors? Are you serious? Is this? <laughs> Is this a serious thing? The Raptors were in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> These takes are unreal. <laughs> the, the Penguins are playing the San Jose Sharks. Oh God, they're still—they haven't been contracted. I thought that they were. At- yeah, and it's the first time. It's the first time the Sharks have ever been in the finals. Yeah, I, I just look at me making this a hockey podcast. <laughs> You're trying so hard, <laughs> um, but yeah. So you know, it would it would fit. It would make the world would make sense to me if the Cavs got swept by an average of 27 points per game in this yeah. series. Yeah. Uh, this next one is uh, at PGH Dave and at this is Pittsburgh Dave and at you know Pittsburgh people from Pittsburgh put in at at the end of of what they no you don't know about you don't know about about Pittsburghese well I I know about some... like da- instead of downtown it's Dantan <laughs> what or yeah you don't know about Pittsburghese no, no, no. you need to you need to uter a- anyone anyone that doesn't know Pittsburghese needs to go to YouTube. And just Google Pittsburghese because it's the greatest. Uh, it's the greatest accent in, in America, mm. easily. Mm-hmm. Like just the the like it's very slow. It's very like like lazy because uh, it's a mix of like West Virginia with like Eastern PA with mm-hmm. just it's just crazy. But anyway, I will do that. They, they say in that like like Yin's going downtown in that, and then they. <laughs> this is a different country. What is this? Yeah, well, that's that's what Pittsburgh is. That's why, they, like they they, that's how they win all the time. I see. They're not actually part of this union. Um. <laughs> anyway, he says Justin Forsett worth drafting this year. I, I really I'm having a hard time with that Baltimore backfield. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I, it's not. I mean, I got a share of him so far this season, but it's it, that the whole Baltimore offense. I'm kind of avoiding. Other than Flacco late, I'm fine with Flacco. Yeah, but. yeah, but I mean. <sighs> I, I don't know if I can go four set at his ADP. I don't know. I mean, I, I actually have some Buck Allen, but yeah, I have a little bit of Buck Allen too. I forgot, but yeah, four set. It's, it's I mean, he's ninety four now. It's it's kind of tough. Yeah. Uh, next one at bedtime thirty seven. What's Jason Witten's preferred dad summer footwear? Loafers with no socks, hiking sandals, or Crocs? Mm. I, I I'm gonna go with loafers, no socks. Cause he's he's fairly classy. That's classier than the other two. Do you feel like you have Jason Witten fatigue? 
a little. I bit. feel like I have a little bit of wit and fatigue. Um, but guys, this is this is a hint. Yeah, just a little. I I I feel like we've, you know, we've hammered away at Witten for a while. Um, so wait, wait, what are the options now? <laughs> Loafers with no socks, hiking sandals, or Crocs? Eh, let's go with Crocs. I'll go. I mean, that's that's a, that's a pretty. I mean, that's that's a dad thing when you think you're being hip. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, next one at Eddie underscore straight. Why do people like Family Guy? It's not elite. Has more garbage time stats than Bortles in in his JJ Watt's favorite show. Uh oh, it is. I don't know. Do you ever watch Family Guy? Uh, I I was obsessed with it when I was in college. Uh, Were you? You don't strike me as a Family Guy person. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it 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 had some commentary that I liked, but you know, was it like the smartest thing ever? No. <laughs> but <laughs> not not at all. But JJ Watt can't like that show. That's not that's not possible, is it? Yeah, I don't know. I have no. I thought that he would be. What What do you think JJ Watt watches? I would just think CBS, like any boring person. Yeah, he's like really into Big Bang Theory. Yeah, uh, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there because Big Bang Theory truthers are very sensitive. I don't mind Big Bang Theory to be honest. Yeah, I know. I think you you said that, and I've tried to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't I don't mind I, I don't like seek out a Big Bang Theory episode, but I don't mind the show. I don't think I can do sitcoms, the, the, those traditional looking sitcoms anymore. I yeah, think. like a How I Met Your Mother and stuff. I, like I think they're I think they're over. I think they're done with. Yeah, I think I'm done with those shows forever. I, except for except for Modern Family. Uh, but no, but that's not that's not. I'm talking about like that traditionally. Filmed, no, I, I, I yeah yeah yeah. I forget what it's called, but like the Seinfeld type. Anyway, yeah, the Modern Family is. It is a show. Yeah, I, I I think it's hilarious. I'm watching Veep right now, and and I hear Veep is good. I haven't watched. Yeah, Veep it's yet. killing me. It is honestly, it's. I'm a pretty cynical person, but it reaches levels of cynicism that just like baffle me on a, on a nightly basis. I'm like, I can't, I can't. I mean, there was a joke last night about with no context. I'll just say it <laughs> about. Shaving the mustache off of Freddie Mercury's corpse. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, that is that's so wrong. That's so wrong. And but it was it, it and it followed an AIDS joke. Like it would that was right after an AIDS joke. Wow. So, yeah. So but it but but you know what? It was a tasteful AIDS joke, which is weird to say, but anyway. Wow. Wow. We I we uh I watched most of almost done with Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, mm. which is pretty good. We watched that, it was good. Good. The the goat the goat theme that's that theme song trumps our theme song. Oh yeah, that's that's so good. Unbreakable. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I love that you just sang it. Uh, next one at hey now underscore fifteen thoughts on the GOP streaming do- real Donald Trump as its candidate this year. I love it. Hey now tagged Donald Trump in this. Oh, yeah. Thoughts as if as if he has any idea what streaming is. Donald Trump is not a streamer. He drafts quarterbacks in the first round. Right. Thoughts on the GOP streaming real Donald Trump as its candidate this year. Worst streaming play than Nick Foles week three. Oh, well, yeah. I would say that that it's worse because A, it's consequential. <laughs> yeah, because it matters. And B, we didn't stream Nick Foles because we are uh, morally and intellectually bankrupt. Uh, so <laughs> right. anyway, we'll just, <laughs> we'll just right. say that. Yeah, this is a, this is a garbage question. <laughs> uh, this next one is from at Grizzly Blair. He's a, a buddy of mine, Matt Blair, uh, who writes for Number Fire. He says, Hey friends, I once started Joe Webb at wide receiver in our two QB league and caused an uproar. What shady moves have you done mm. to win? 
Well, first of all, what? Why is that shady? Well, I would assume that it's a he. He was playing quarterback, but he got to play my wide. That's receiver. fantastic. You know what? It this is a game. This is a game, and if you can get an advantage with 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 some sort of um, oversight like that, then do it. Yeah, I always go back to that Marcus Colston when he first came in the league. He was a tight end. I just kept him in the tight end spot, even though he became a wide receiver. Yes. And I kept kept him there through the bye, that, just because it was great points for a tight end. Yeah, come on. I mean, what, what, this is this. We are not running NFL teams. <laughs> this is your game. Right. Play the game. That's a great move. I love it. Yeah. Next one at. Oh my god. This next one is from at Trump Boner. Oh, oh what? Yeah, that's a, that's a, a handle. Right. He says, "Would you say most, if not all, of Denny's food takes are based on what gives him diarrhea?" <laughs> so I saw that. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh no, there's no direct correlation. I, I I wanted to come up with something better, but no, I there is no there's no correlation. But yes, I mean I would get mad if there was a food that constantly did that to me, yes. Pick one. Wear a t shirt with JJ Watt's logo every day for a year, not covering up, or shave your head bald for a year. I know you're answering. <laughs> this is not even close. <laughs> yeah, not not even I I actually I think I could I think I could rock the bald look for a year. Are you talking like like a Bic razor? I mean, if I could do a, a number one all the way around, yeah. I would do that. Okay, that's that's pretty short. So you would do that instead of wear the T-shirt all year? No, I mean I would still wear the T-shirt, but I'm saying that it was it was at least a question for me because to you you can't shave your head. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but I accidentally got my head shaved when I was 15 years old. <laughs> Wait, I how, how does how do you accidentally how does this happen? I had a I would say a language uh, situation with the <laughs> person, barber? with the barber, yeah. Oh my and God. so I asked for a t- <laughs> Wait, I'm just picturing this going down. I asked for a two <laughs> razor on the sides, <clears throat> and because I, I I wore my hair shorter back then, but I asked for a two razor on the sides. So she pops on the two razor. And go straight down the middle. What did you, what did you do? Uh, I think I sharded. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude! I had no idea. I, that I, seriously, I was like, wait, what? What? Why did you do that? There's no reason to do that. <laughs> and but the, but it was over at that point, you know. I mean, that's incredible. You go down the anyway. Shaved. I had I had to go to razor, and you know what was ne- the next day. The next day was class pictures. Oh, wait, do you have that photo? I do. Can you post it? Yeah, you know what? I, I do. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll post it. It'll be it'll be memed tomorrow. <laughs> I, I actually prayed to every god available that my hair would magically grow back that night. <laughs> yeah. No, I've I've had I, I've told didn't I tell you the story about whenever I got my hair highlighted one time? Wh- what? I mean, everyone's gotten. Their oh hair. yeah, no, dude, I did that for like four years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I, I used to get it highlighted for like four years during like the in sync days. Wow. Wait. So did you do that professionally? So yeah. So one time I so I had short hair. I've always had like relatively short hair, and the one time I went, and usually they did it like in like they did it with the cap. Remember the cap? Yes. Yeah, and then they pull the hair out, and then they they put the highlights in, and then you're you're good to go, right? Well, this person did it with the rake. Oh. And so I had spots on my head, like legitimate, just like circles. I looked like a leopard. What? And I went to school the next day and people made fun of me. Yeah. 
Yeah, naturally. Yeah. And and I took it, you know, it was like a it was like a oh yeah, like everyone's making fun of me, but I'm gonna like act like you know, like I'm gonna try to be funny back, you know. Oh sure. That's, but look at you have two choices. You can uh curl up into a ball and disintegrate right. or you can come back at him with jokes. Right, right. And I came back at him with jokes, but it, it was horrific. It was it was traumatizing. I was in like seventh or eighth grade. I went home and I hated everything. I hated life. And we went back there, and they dyed my hair. What you mean back to back to back to a normal? Oh, color. nice. All right. Yeah, that was that was the solution that, for that. That was one of the worst. That was one of the worst days of my childhood. Yeah, that's oh man, that does sound brutal at that age. You know, at right. fifteen is a little different. But wait, you were eleven, twelve, something like that. Yeah, that was rough. That, oh, rough time. Ooh, that is. I mean, yeah, wow. Uh, I didn't know you had that sort of vanity in you. That's that's. Uh, I mean, I don't really any. I mean, you saw me in neat. DC. I was wearing a fucking. Oh, that's the f word. I was wearing. <laughs> 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 what? It's the um, show. <laughs> I was wearing a Sidney Crosby jersey with with green shorts and. Essentially, boat shoes. Sweat, yeah, sweatpants and no shoes. <laughs> yeah, basically, I was barefoot in DC. I was wearing my uh, my three piece suit. So, <laughs> yes, you were. Uh, next one is at Brusama. If Blake Bortles and Blaine Gabbard a football child, who would it be? I'm assuming had a football child. If wait, if what? If Blake Bortles and Blaine Gabbard had a football child, who would it be? Oh, that's that's kind of a I don't know. That's a really difficult question I mean, to answer. You have like one so Gabbard is like super rednecky, right? Super yeah, like just I, I guess. I don't really know enough about Gabbard. And I I know that Bortles is just super fratty. Right. Oh, so are they both fratty? I don't know. I mean I don't know. It, I don't know enough about Gabbard. This is too hard. So would, would Gronk be the child, I guess? I don't know. Sure. I I don't have an answer. Next one. At Andrew Shuring. Which super late MFL 10 running back do you like best? Andre Ellington? Nope. Tim Hightower? Eh. James White? Not really. Alfred Morris? Eh. Or other? I'm, I think my noises would suffice there. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, if I had to pick... Uh, late round running backs. I mean, a lot of them, I try to be good at, at the running back position by like round 14 or so. And then I'm not really drafting many late rounds. Those are wide receiver picks. So mostly. you're saying Morris Ellington? I would go Morris with those just because if if like Elliot goes down or something, I mean he's in a pretty good situation. Right, Elliot the goat. I got you. But I don't really. I'm not like a a, a tremendous fan per se of any of them. Um, next one is at Gadula thirteen. Brandon Gadula, number fire employee. Who is Denny's favorite author, and why is it Hunter S. Thompson? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that answers that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I do I I love uh, some some Hunter S. Thompson, of course. Um, although, like everybody, he had a uh, a burst of genius and then was pretty mediocre for the last like twenty years of his career. But um, that might be so. It's like it's like you. <laughs> I had a burst of genius for uh, just kidding. for six months. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean. You know, but everybody, everybody has that. I I used to pretend to love Stephen King, but I don't. I don't. I just like I think his books are fine, but I'm not like a truther. I'm not like it's the greatest thing ever. It's it's just it's just fine. I'll say that it's just fine. I've read yeah. my fair share of Stephen King books where I put down the book and been like, why did I just spend two weeks reading that crap? 
Right, right. It's like being a like a like a Jeff Fisher fan. Yeah, I. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. Cause yeah. You watch him for what has he been? He's been with the Rams since like the late seventies, and you know, <laughs> people are still 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 waiting for him to have that one one good moment. Um. Next one at TBT twenty underscore Pete. Is there any plans on Denny doing the whole bench your entire roster until minutes before kickoff thing again? I mean, I did that for the playoffs for the fantasy playoffs and for those of you who might be unfamiliar i i shared on the podcast last year that i used to freak out my brothers-in-law in in this league we had with benching my team until like 10 or 15 minutes before kickoff you can't get too close to kickoff because rosters lock and then you're done um uh but you know people did that last year and they but but they were really jj i don't know if you remember but they, but they were really getting people. Oh, like, it's amazing. People, it's amazing. The text messages that people sent were incredible. Yeah, people were saying, you know, like, like set your damn roster. What are you? Are you trying to get in my head? Because you're not in my head. Well, obviously they're in their head. I mean, it, yeah, you know, right, right. This is this is the definition of being inside someone's head. Absolutely. So, you know, if you know, here's here's the key. If you know your opponent is obsessively going back and forth between the matchup and this and that and looking and looking and looking at your roster, then then do it. You know, then bench your old roster and don't and pretend everything is normal. Don't, you know, don't even respond sometimes to these to these uh uh, uh text message rants. And yeah. and but and they will change their roster. There were people last year who told me my guy benched this quarterback or benched this defense because he didn't know who I was playing, which is a terrible way to play, by the way. It's <laughs> an awful way. Awful way. But but you get you get someone tilting so hard that they're that they're looking at their roster and questioning if life is real, then you know. Right. Right. That's so good. So good. Uh, this next one at too much tuma, by the way, Nick Kroll does a, does a skit about too much tuna. Right. And we just didn't, we didn't know about yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't. Last I, I said I was a fan of Nick Kroll and then people were like, well, that's a Nick Kroll thing. I guess I'm not a super fan. Yeah. Sorry guys. I mean like we're not going to know every reference ever. Okay. Uh, would you rather fight five horse sized ducks or eat one sandwich that had too much tuna on it? <laughs> I mean, I, I I like tuna. You like tuna too. I I actually love tuna, so uh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll suffer through that disgusting sandwich. Oh, we need we need a CD tuna account. Oh, do it. Uh, next one at Josh Bandyface. What are the chances Denny's new baby's middle name can be delete the account? Has a nice ring to it. No, I expect that uh, that her cries will will sound like delete the account. Um, yes, you yes. know immediately that the doctor will be like, "What the hell is that baby saying?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is she telling me to <laughs> delete my account? <laughs> Takes after her brother. <laughs> Next one at PPR ranks. I know CD Carter's feelings on this already. So late round QB, what are your feelings on the movie Chappie? What the hell is the movie Chappie? <laughs> it's a it's a ro- <laughs> it's a oh is that that stupid robot movie? It's a robot movie, yeah. That's not the one. That's not the one where they fight though. Uh no, well there is some fighting, but but you know you know the robot. What was that stupid robot fighting movie? Oh yeah, yeah. What was that horrible thing? Um, that was. So, I mean, what, any robot movie is not good. Oh right, you. But it all. But it also had Wolverine in it. The one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was horrible. But what? No, no rope. Like name me one good robot movie. One. Well, I mean, does does the Matrix count? I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> 
Okay, aside from the Matrix. Um, robot movies are bad. Oh, well, Terminator. Not even that good. Wow. Wow. All right. I mean, I mean, <laughs> maybe people, maybe people's like, like ears are on fire right now, but like that, it's not, it's not a great movie. Well, when you, okay. When I say I like Terminator and Terminator 2, uh, I means, you know, they're, they're, they're not good as the, in the sense like the Godfather is good. Uh, right, but, right. but, but I, you, have you seen the first Terminator? Yeah. Okay. I mean, to me, it strikes me as the ultimate 80s movie. So if you're really like, you know, I don't know, really nostalgic anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, that's I think that's but that's the reason like I, I'm not like you have to you have to have that nostalgia in order to enjoy that. Movie. Oh, you know what? You know what? Uh, great, great robot movie. I can't think of the name. It was a Disney. It was a Pixar. AI. AI. AI? No, it's a Pixar. uh Oh, with the uh, with with the, what was his name? The little guy, the little yeah. What was his name? Why are we stupid? Uh, right I'm looking it up. What is it called? Uh, I know exactly what he looks. You know like. the little, the cute little guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wally. It's Wally. Kind of, Wally. That's right. Wally. Wally. Wally is people. People are listening to this podcast right now, going, "Wally, like, damn it!" Yeah. What's wrong with you? Wow, dude, that was eight years ago that came out. Um, yeah, we're old. Yeah, so. What Wally is is great, and it's our real future. So you know, robot movies, man, not very good. Wait, what? Next, robot movies. Oh, oh, oh I sorry. I thought you were. I thought you were. Uh, you know, slandering Wally. Sorry. Oh no, Wally's fine. Next one at Rum for Johnny he said, "Would you rather face a gorilla named Perillo or Justin Perillo in a gorilla suit on a Segway with pink eye?" This is such a crazy like, like what anyone anyone in this world who's listening to this podcast send me a podcast even an article on the internet that talks about Justin Perillo as much as we do on this podcast no one this guy needs to come on the show so bad uh, so bad I mean I would I would rather I, I would need to see Justin Perillo in a, in a gorilla suit on a Segway with him guy <laughs> So I guess with Pink Eye, he's supposed to be like really mad. <laughs> right. I don't know, like really temperamental. He's uh, gonna grab you and just start rubbing his eye on your face. Oh God, that's so disgusting. But uh, uh, why do you get so? You, we talk about exorcist vomiting every other podcast, and that's disgusting to you. Yes, it is. That is horrifying. Um, but can we talk about a gorilla named Perilla? <laughs> Is it a gorilla named Perillo? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but if you're if you have again the Pittsburgh accent, a lot of people will say like they're like the BMW people, you know, like yeah. in, instead of BMW. But like they'll say, I bet you some people would say Perillo, like Perilla. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Perilla the gorilla. Perilla. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, uh, we should stop before Gorilla Twitter comes at us because yeah, we need to stop I don't, with the gorilla. I don't want any of that much. action. Yeah, we can't deal with that. Next one at the manimal eighteen cargo shorts question mark. <laughs> Wait, no, he says it was just cargo shorts. Be unbelievable though if he just said cargo shorts. <laughs> what? Um, cargo shorts worn by adventurers with a need for storage or the dregs of society. There is only one correct answer. Jeez, the drag! I, I I gave up. I don't wear cargo shorts. So what do you wear when it's when it's ninety degrees outside? Shorts without cargo pockets. Uh, okay, 
like, so, but not basketball shorts. Oh, I wear gym shorts literally every day of my life. Well, what I mean is... I've, we talked about this. I have like 25 pairs of gym shorts. Right. But what I mean is if you are going out somewhere, are you wearing gym shorts? You saw the shorts I was wearing in, in D.C. They're not cargo shorts. You were wearing shorts? Yeah, dude. I thought that was your underwear. I had a... Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I, no, look. You shouldn't wear cargo shorts. That includes you, Denny. Uh, well, yeah. What are you putting in this? What are you putting in there? Uh, in that storage? I mean, a Dad's got some things to put in. Then you can put them in regular pockets. Oh man, no. You know what? My I've come to the, the I've come to grips with the fact that you know my jeans do not look great with my wallet, my keys, my phone stuffed in them. It just looks right. They're lumpy, though. Yeah, well, that's because you wear tight jeans. Though. They look ridiculous. I do. I do. Yeah. Anyway, I I think cargo shorts should I I'm I wear them sometimes golfing, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say, but I I don't actually have any. I'm just kind of trying to defend them. I don't know. This is a weird take for you. I, well, I used to wear Are them all okay? the time, and now I'm thinking. Oh, I did too. I wore them. I wore them all the time. Well, yeah. I mean, because obviously we were dying our hair and wearing cargo shorts and trying to look like Fred Durst. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's exactly right. Uh, this next one at DSNDLR. He says, "Do either of you get recognized in real life? How many people tell CD Carter thirteen to delete the account to his face?" Well, we had the, uh, your yeah friend friend of a friend in, and well for you it's a friend of a friend of a friend, in DC. I don't, I don't, I don't. I've never had it happen to me. Uh, my coworker oh, one time uh, said yeah. that her she lives she she has a roommate. Who who know who listens to the show? Nice. That's that, see, like I've had that kind of stuff happen. Where like my sister in law has a friend who's engaged to a guy who listens to the show. So hello, um, but and like those kind of things get like come my way every mm-hmm. once in a while, like and happen, and that's that's cool. But I've never like been walking down the street and they're like, "Hey, late round QB." Except if I'm at like a conference or something where like, like. Like when I was at Sloan, for instance, like people had come up to me and been like, "Hey, I read your work," and like that's cool. But I, you know, it's not the same because you're in that environment. But Dave, I'm not talking. We're not talking about Davis Maddock coming up to you and saying, "Oh, I recognize you." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, hey, little gnome. <laughs> um, uh, well, I, I I tweeted a few weeks ago. I was at a party at my brother-in-law's 40th birthday party, where someone came up to me and was like, "Oh my God, your Twitter account is much worse." than I ever thought it could be <laughs> because someone at the party showed them my account and then they did not like it. So that's so good. Uh, this next one is at shocker manner. He said, how do you select defenses in MFL tens? Any, any you like and target? I find myself getting the Packers a lot. I think we covered defenses pretty well already, but I'll say I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of finding defenses with good offenses because then that assumes that you're going to have a positive game script for the defense. Um, so that means that there could be more turnovers and such. So don't like be scared off. Like even in like the 20th round, if you're getting your third defense or something, you get like the Colts, like the Colts are still potentially going to have some big weeks just because of, well, the division that they play in right. is pretty turnover friendly, but, um, because of, they have a decent offense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one at Frollo six twenty five. who are some players you continually find yourselves drafting in MFL tens? We didn't even tweet about that. We were doing an MFL 10 best ball mm-hmm. show. I know not players you're targeting necessarily, but players you continually find yourselves drafting. So 
I have a ton of Torrey Smith that I'm not even that proud of because it's just a, such a blah pick. But his ADP was in like the 13th round earlier this year. Mm. Uh, San Antonio Gates already getting a lot of Marvin Jones recently. Um, Philip Dorsett, I actually own a lot of. Really? Yeah, it's one of those things where like Moncrief is still a little unproven. They they spent decent equity on Dorsett. He was hurt year one. He's getting Andrew Luck. He's in a good offense where there's targets. They're going to be passing a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot to like there. So, and he's basically, I mean, he's like a 12th, 13th round pick. So, yeah, you just named like had 10 reasons to take him. So, I'm convinced. Yeah, there you Seriously. go. Seriously. Off, off the dome. Um, but yeah, those are some guys, I guess. A lot of Romo. Yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, I mentioned du- Dwayne, Dwayne Allen. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily targeting him, but he just kept falling and falling. I just thought, well, <laughs> got to take him. Oh, and Tyrod. My God, Tyrod just falls forever. He does. I, I like I like uh, my, my quarterbacks that I've been getting. I'm, I'm a little bit turned off by Tyrod a bit just because of Sammy. Oh, but, yeah. Or recently, at least. But the quarterbacks that I own most of that I'm probably going to own most of this year is Romo, Matt Ryan, and Kirk Cousins. All right. Sorry, I should have said Ty Goat. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Next one. We don't need religious Twitter after this. <laughs> Next one is at Stevie Fizz. Did Denny cry more at Chappie or the day J.J. Watt was born? Why are people bringing up Chappie? Did you tweet about Chappie today? I wrote a, I wrote a thing for brojackson.com uh, oh. about my uh, reaction to Chappie, which was I didn't like the movie. Uh, but it had parts in it that made me pretty much break down into an emotional heap. So, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's just it's uh, I, you know the the robot is a very likable robot, I have to say, and the things people do to it are not very great. So, right. uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I wrote about that. So that's why so it's all metaphor. Chappy. What, so what was it? What was it? Uh, cha- did you did you cry more at that or the day JJ Watt was born? <laughs> um, I you know I mean the instant. The, how much older are you than JJ Watt? Like, well, I'm seven years. I'm thirty. I'm thirty two. So he's. Oh, he's probably twenty five. He's probably like twenty. I don't know how old is JJ. Um, twenty six. Mm. Anyway, I I would have cried if I would have known, you know, that he was being, you know, born. He's twenty seven. He's twenty. So I'm I'm five years older. Um, yeah. I mean, if I knew that this uh this cheese ball uh was was being born was on that coming. day, then yeah. Yeah. Uh, this next one is at Konami QB. Curious if you will be writing an update to the bust rate article you wrote two years ago. Do you think much has changed? Um, so I wrote those bust rate articles a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, things have changed because the running back position was horrible last year, but pretty good two years ago. Um, I just haven't put it all together yet. I might do that this offseason, though. Cool. Um, next one, at Bryant ATC. Two more. What's worse, J.J. Watt taking a gym selfie with a Live the Stream shirt on <sighs> live, with a Live the Stream shirt on or Trump as president? I, or, Ze- or Zeke fourth overall, he said. <laughs> Which is my personal hell. Right, right, right. Well, you're a Cowboys hater. Uh <laughs> I mean, look at guys. If we're being honest, I'm choosing anything over Donald Trump being president. So, well, I'm not even that upset. Like, I'm not even hesitant to say that this podcast is incredibly anti-Trump, and that even though it's a political take, that people listening should not vote for him. No, we look at we're, we're, the the normalization of Trump as like just the op the other option besides the Democrat is is horrifying. It's it's you know, it's something I could have never imagined. I thought that people on that side of things would, you know, 
not let nothing wrong with the people on that side of things. It's just don't vote for Donald Trump. I'm just saying, but they're <laughs> oh, we're just just I don't don't fall down that hole, Denny. Yeah, I won't. I won't. But yes, no. I mean, the, no one should be apologetic about opposing the most dangerous person to ever run for the office. So yes, I I agree, and we're probably gonna get emails for that. Next one. At fake cousin underscore Josh, I need to know what is Denny and JJ's proudest dad hashtag dad running moment. This is the last one. Honestly, it's it's my life. It's it's my it's my my running out in my neighborhood. Oh, gotcha. It's just I do it. I'm I, I run pretty frequently, and I'm that's I'm I'm a quite the dad. Runner. I hate running so much, man. I hate it. It's so bad now. I can't even. I can't run outside anymore. I have to go to the gym because of uh, it's so hot. I I seriously. It just every step that I run is just torture. I hate <laughs> it during the run. I hate it after the run. I hate looking forward to it. I do it every day, but it's horrible. It is horrible. And yeah, it's it's rough. My but my my I guess my dad running moment would have been. Uh, diving for a, a, a fly ball last year in softball after sprinting for like half the field. Yeah. You know, that was a big dad run for me. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. I don't I don't think I – I mean, I chased my nieces around a couple weekends ago. <laughs> How was – look at my, my three-and-a-half-year-old son. It was actually outrunning me the other day in the – I was like, what the hell? What is happening? I can't catch him. <laughs> oh, man. All right, that's a long podcast, so we'll probably stop there. Denny, where can everyone find you at? Uh, at CD Carter thirteen on the Twitters, and uh, check out DraftDayConsultants.com if you're looking for hashtag Dynasty advice. And you can find me on Twitter at Late Round QB and all of my work over at NumberFire.com. That's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football,